Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the 16mm Subscribe Podcast. I'm Cindy. I'm Jermaine, a.k.a. The Bearded Dragon. Because I have a beard. And I'm... <laughs> it's getting good. It's getting good. Uh, and I'm Dale. Um, and we are the crew. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor for bonus content. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so this week we are doing a artist spotlight on the legendary Jim Carrey. Watched mm-hmm. a few of his films. Well, we watched a lot of his films, actually. I feel like most of us probably grew up on his films. I feel like the kid of the 90s, probably. Um, and he's a very dynamic actor. He's done a lot of interesting things during his career. So we're going to dive right in. And Dale's going to hit us with the first movie that he watched. Um, I picked The Truman Show. Um... Because it's his first, I guess he would say his first dramatic role. Um, we used to seeing him like The Mask, Ace Ventura, Batman, Dumb and Dumber. Um, to me, like, I don't think it was his first series. To me, the first series role, because my might be the cable guy. All that's kind of dark, but um, yeah, I chose The Truman Show most because it's kind of still prevalent today as far as its content. Like, it was one of those first things, like, when it was out, the nineties, the nineties was kind of in flux with you know people regarding entertainment and celebrity and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so it's about uh, a man named Truman Burbank, Truman Burbank, um, where it's a twenty four seven show um, covering his whole life. Um, I think it was Ed Harris is basically the villain, and the context of the movie is mostly him finding out that his world isn't real and it's all a fake. It starts with this whole chicken little segment of a lamp falling on, on him or by him, you know, the whole sky's falling thing. And then it progresses from there where he, you know, he goes to work in a radio frequency switches because the crews are kind of keeping the whole ensemble together where he is. And from there, he kind of reminisces about his first crush who, you know, try to spill the beans to him and then from there he goes on his path to free himself um so yeah i picked the show because it deals with the whole aspect of reality television and how we deal with celebrity and stuff which is kind of interesting because i was watching um a thing dealing with live streamers and how their interactions either between audience and celebrities is really parasocial which is kind of parasitically social where we latch onto them for entertainment and whatnot. And like I said in the 90s, this was kind of a new realm where, you know, the real world had just was the first, you know, reality TV show. And then Princess Diana had just died being chased by paparazzi, which even your director Peter War brings up during the editing process of the movie, she had just died. And and it's a kind of a weird parasitic thing because the very people that it, you can't really say the paparazzi killed her in a way. You have to say we killed her 
because that need and drive to know more about her pushed people too far. Um, so, yeah, and it's like the whole the parasitic thing, like we see it on um, live streamers, we see it with our current media, consumption. we see people who have like fan cams and are addicted to celebrities' Twitter feeds, like they have to know each and every minute thing these people are doing. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting on how the 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 cinematography and the shots they kind of blurred between TV show and movie in a way, like the camera placement and the shots they they picked. Um, but yeah, I think I think this movie kind of predicted the future in a way we didn't suspect, like how we consume like entertainment. These people, once the movie ended and the screen went blank, they're like, oh, what else is on? You know, and I think so. I think that's especially a big thing now, especially now with the pandemic. There's not that much new material going on, so everybody's kind of latching on all these celebrities and stuff. Like the example that was brought to me was I think it was an episode of Kardashians, and the Kardashians always tried to end, like, you know, it's fully edited because they always try to end with like it perfect. Like the sisters always fight for some stupid reason, and then oh, me and my sisters, remember that? We love each other. Next episode, they're fighting again. Like, like stuff like that, man. So if, you, if you're if you really interested in psychology and, and how we are as people today, I think Truman Show is, like, the perfect movie to watch. Not just for, you know, the socio aspect of it, but also the fact that it's Jim Carrey's first real dramatic role, which led him on to other things like Eternal Sunshine and all the move the number 3023 and stuff like that so yeah okay that's it that's um, it <laughs> <laughs> speaking of eternal sunshine that's the movie that i watched that jim carries um it's actually the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind came out in 2004 directed by mikhail gondry Starring, obviously, Jim Carrey, but Kate Winslet, Kristen Kirsten Dutz, uh, Mark Ruffalo, and Elijah Wood. Um, and this movie is basically about, um, after a painful breakup, Clementine, which is played by Kate Winslet, undergoes a procedure to erase memories of her former boyfriend, Joel, Jim Carrey, from her mind. When Joel discovers that Clementine is going to extremes to forget the relationship, he undergoes the same procedure and slowly begins to forget the woman that he loved. Now, this movie was so deep, and I, it took me kind of by surprise how deep this joint actually was. But um, I think there were so many things that you can like you could have drawn from this film. Um, it's about like pain and loss and relationships, but the choice of living with pain or not dealing with it at all. I think that's something that we all struggle with. And I feel like, especially nowadays, there's so much emphasis on like trying to distract yourself or being self-medicated to not feel like the effects of life and like what that means and what that can do to your spirit and your mental health and stuff like that. Um, I think so many people, like if this technology was actually a thing that could have happened, I feel like, people would have definitely chosen that option because then you don't have to deal with the messiness of like breakups and the messiness of like having to remember someone and what that relationship meant to you. 
But it also date. I think it was like, I don't know if this was the first movie that talked about this, but I think maybe it might have coined it. It was either this or 500 Days of Summer. The Manic Pixie Dream Girl phenomenon. Yeah. So that was a really interesting thing that they talked about because... I feel like we don't really think about that anymore because I feel like our female characters are more complex now. But I definitely, there was definitely a period of time where that manic pixie dream girl were like alternative and free spirited and fun and um, not like other girls type of situation that really came from a lot of lonely white men um, who just who, you know, didn't have a lot of luck with the ladies and whatever image that they could have constructed to, um, you know, whatever kind of idea of a woman that they wanted, that's what she would be like, you know. She would listen to alternative bands and all this other stuff because she's a cool girl. Um, and I like how they kind of debunked that in this movie where it's like she is the idea of what that is supposed to be. But then she tells me, she was like, look, I'm not like a, <laughs> I'm not this idea of a girl. Like I'm messy. Like I'm a broken person. And you think that it's going to work out this way because you want it to work out this way. You want me to be this person and I'm not. So I'm telling you that joint up front. And I really liked how they're not like they're, the thing is, is like they keep going back to each other. Like even though they get their memories um, or that part of them are part of their brain or the part of the relationship erased. They keep finding each other after that cycle happens. And they show it with another character, Kirsten Dunst and the doctor where they had a little situation and he told her to get that stuff erased, but they still ended up back together. So it's like, they also play with things of like freedom of choice and destiny. So like what is in your control and what's out of your control? Like maybe Maybe we're just meant to be together. Maybe we're not. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think that what they were trying to say is like, sometimes people who seem like they don't belong together end up together. Even if you know all the information about this person, like these two guys did, or these people did, um, it still would, you can still choose to make it work, even if like you know mm-hmm. what this person is and what they're going to do to you, I guess. But I don't really know if that's true. I kind of feel like if, if two people are very vastly different from each other, then I don't know the rate of success you're going to have with that person just because, like, you don't communicate the same way. You don't process things the same way. Like, and they bring that up a lot in the film. Like, you see the very, like, you see very clearly why these two people are, like, not supposed to be together. But um, that whole situation was really interesting. Um and I guess about the technical aspects of it, um, the style, it was a very indie movie, um, which I love. I love how realistic it felt. Everything was pretty bleak in terms of like color and stuff, except for Clementine. She has the bright hair and all that stuff. So, like she's like the brightness in his life. And I really liked that idea of her being this kind of like unstoppable, like colorful force in his like, in his life and stuff. So that was interesting. The performances were great. It kind of balances this line of being funny, but also being really deep and really like dramatic, which I love as well, because there's a lot of comedy and drama. So it was fun to see him doing something a little bit serious and her who and Kate, who's more of a dramatic actress, doing something that was a little bit more comedy centric, I guess, or funny. 
and the dialogue was really great too. I loved, I just love how they presented this movie and they did, they, I think they presented it really honestly and then you can kind of take what you needed from it, which I like. I like that they didn't try to like draw you to conclusions. It was just like, hey, here's what we're presenting and then, you know, you feel about it the way you feel about it. It's yours now as the audience member. So yeah, it was a beautiful movie. Cried a little bit at the end. It's good. <laughs> it was good. Wow, Jim Carrey made you shed a tear. Yeah, deep. That is deep. Yeah. So, I was cho- I was told to pick one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, and as I looked at the list, I couldn't just choose one. So I have five of my top five Jim Carrey movies, not in any particular order. Mm-hmm. But to start out, Dumb and Dumber. I feel like that is iconically Jim Carrey. You still see people wearing the Lloyd and Harry uh, suits, tuxedos, and um, doing their antics everywhere. Um, next, Bruce Almighty. Um, very iconic, especially with Morgan Freeman backing him up, and he had his um, co-host Jen Aniston and, uh, and Steve Carell in there. Them bouncing their comedy off of each other. There's both of their styles. Pure, pure poetry. Pure poetry on the big screen. Uh, I've got me, myself, and Irene. And this is because he played two different personalities. He played um, just a, a stiff kind of nasty cop. And then the, the complete opposite of um, the nasty cop. Like a very nice upstanding gentleman and uh i just felt like he pulled it off really well um and finally my my um my last one on my list of five is the truman show uh actually i didn't get to all five that's number four the truman show just because it's it was uh one of his earlier films and he played a semi-serious role in there it just showed how dynamic he was as an actor but the one that I'm going into is going to be fun with Dick and Jane. It's um, one of the last ones I've actually watched. And I felt like it was just a good heartwarming movie. I feel like in this, uh, it was written by Judd. The screenplay was written by Judd Apatow and it was directed by Dean Parasot. And it, it starred Jim Carrey, of course, Tia Leone. Alec and Alec Baldwin, and the movie is basically about them being a, Jim Carrey's character with uh, Theo Leone were an influ- affluent couple. They had money, and uh, they were working for the comp- uh, company, and the company just kind of went under, making them poor. So they had to go into a world of crime to actually try to sustain their lifestyle. So I feel like this movie kind of follows the trope of a lot of Jim Carrey movies, you get the situation right in the beginning, and then he goes through speed bumps until he reaches a conclusion at the end. So this one, you didn't really have to think too much about. It was uh, it's basically all of his little antics and stuff like that. So my honorable mentions for him. Batman Forever. 
and I can't say this one was my favorite film because he did not, he was not the lead actor in it. That was Val Kilmer. But I could probably say almost every line that Jim Carrey says in Batman Forever. Noted, guys. That's probably one of my favorite movies. Just, just if somebody asks. <laughs> maybe not me, but maybe one of y'all. Um, man on the Moon with Andy Kaufman, man. He really played Andy Kaufman's character really well. In fact, I actually watched a documentary on it. Um, that actually kind of changed my perspective of, of Jim Carrey. I feel like he's um, a touch crazy because he really, he really took in this character. He was Andy Kaufman like day in and day out to the point where people on set wanted to fight him. And uh, they actually made a documentary about it, just showing uh, his thought process behind it and how he thought things afterwards. So it made me like him a little bit less. But, you know, let me not focus on his actual personal life, but his actual body of work. Um, Things that I actually want to watch that I didn't get to watch, I do want to watch The Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, just because of all how deep it is. Like how you, like how you mentioned, I feel like that was really the film that kind of paved the way for him to get more serious roles. Um, and uh, the Bad Batch, I saw a clip of him in the Bad Batch. Uh, that's by director Anna Lily Amapore. Um, the cinematography looked great in the section that I saw was him acting. He was emoting so well, he didn't say a word, but you could see everything I was doing. So I would suggest looking up a YouTube clip of him doing that. But in conclusion, I say bravo to Mr. Jim Carrey. And uh, he had a great, he has a great career and hopefully he continues to create more good works. And all and for all the younglings out there, check out his older stuff. You got um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and uh, When Nature Calls. You, y'all love that. Y'all love that. The man speaks out of his booty for, you know, shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know if anyone, well, I'm sure people have seen Liar, Liar, and The Mask. Those are some really good films that he's done as well. He's a very good physical actor. So you can tell everything, like everything that he's feeling, you can just read it on his face, which is really dope. Um, yeah, he's one of our greats. So I don't think he can rate a person, but <laughs> I <laughs> maybe, yeah, I don't know if we can rate a person or, or their collective body of work. I'm not really sure if we could do that, but I like how versatile it is. So for that, I give it like a 9 out of 10. I don't know if that. <laughs> <laughs> whatever um yeah and check out all these films and tell us what you think about them cool. i think i think jim carrey personally has had like a really amazing career where he does like kid stuff comedy does kind of serious stuff um and it's amazing like because if you look at his career like in the early 90s he was just doing the regular comedy not 90s but the late mid 80s he was doing a whole typical comedian circuit and like if you look at his bio of work the thing that pushed him the most in the spotlight was in living color which 
if you ever whenever he's in an interview, he always makes sure to uplift that show and like thank the Wayne's brothers because without that show, he wouldn't be as known as he is now. Because he, I think he tried out for like SNL like four times, and they were like, no. Mm. And like the last time he was going to try out, apparently he saw somebody jump off the building, and he was like, yeah, this place sounds stressful. I'm not coming in. So, <laughs> and then you know he did like what five years on Living Color, and his career took off from there. Because right after he did Living Color, he did what uh, Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura, and the Mask of stuff. So, yeah, like, yeah. so I'll his how black artists are like amazing, and how we really start everything. <laughs> we're, we're we're the original gatekeeper for entertainment because if, yeah. if if we don't That's like true. it, it's not it doesn't not pop off. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the Wayne's brothers, the whole family yes, in general as well. So. <laughs> okay, cool. So, on to deal with the news. On to me with the news. I need like a ticker at the bottom, man, like a whole jingle. That's what I've been saying. You 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 had one when we did your little tea segment. I need one. You had a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, have you guys seen that uh Fresh Prince tra- fan made trailer a couple years ago? I saw it. You saw it. I okay. It. it was kind of it was kind of a more serious spin on it, and like a couple weeks or so after that, Will Smith actually talked to the creator of it and he was interested in it. And now it's being the show's actually being rebooted into a legit drama series. Um, of course, uh, uh, the direct, the creator behind the you know reboot, his name is Morgan Cooper. Um, he's going to be the the writer, director, as a producer on the show. And Will Smith is once he caught Will Smith's attention, it went on from there. Um, there claims that you know Netflix, HBO Max, HBO Max, and the Peacock Network. Uh, are all in rights are all bidding for the rights to distribute and produce it alongside both Cooper and Will Smith. Um, because you know, if we've seen reboots, it's a popular, you know, product and everybody wants to grab it. And hopefully they're hoping one, this is that streamer, whichever streaming platform gets it, gets it. Um, one of the writers for it, Chris Collins is also the writer for the wire since the anarchy and and um, crash. So I think this is going to be kind of more of a realistic kind of telling of you know going from um, a rough environment dealing with the culture change and stuff like that. So it's it's I I think it's going to be really good. You know, um, along that old Will Smith note as well. Um, this movie might be really old for you guys. Um, have ever you have either of you seen um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with John Candy and Steve Martin? Oh my no, goodness. but I do know about it. People talk about. Uh, it. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, Will Smith and Kevin Hart are starring in the reboot of the movie by Paramount. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting duo right there. So, I'm guessing based on the movie, I guess. Will Smith might be taking Steve Martin's part as the more serious person, and and Kevin Hart might take John Candy's role, you know, of the fun person. Um, yeah, this is not a remake I expected to happen. 
Yeah, especially where is the last couple of years. What we know Will Smith's good with comedy, but he hasn't really done comedy in a way. Whereas Kevin Hart is kind of dancing between I want to do action, but I want to do comedy. You know, so we'll see how that goes. Not a remake I expected to happen. Um, <laughs> the creators of Avatar have left the live-action production of the Netflix show. Um, yeah, I feel bad for these guys because every time there's anything involving Avatar and either a movie or a second season, the people in power kind of end up being assholes. We've seen it with the first live-action movie. We saw issues with Korra, where Korra ended up being pushed to um, online only to finish out the season. Um, but yeah... So, yeah, they left because, you know, typical creative differences. And when they first brought up this idea, they they announced that they were saying how the producers will have full creative control for everything. But, you know, that kind of went out the window. Um, They said they are still optimistic about it. And after they said after two years of investment, Netflix isn't going to back away from it easy. So, um, Michael DiMartino said he'll continue to work in this universe and hopefully continue the stories of both Aang and Korra. So we'll see how that goes there. (laughs) (laughs) My heart just sank. Um, And with the boys episode, the boys season two is premiering in September, as we know, but it got renewed for its third season already. And Jensen Eccles from Supernatural has joined the cast. He will be playing okay. Soldier Boy, a hero who fought in World War II, if I believe. Um, which makes sense. This is the last season of Supernatural, so he picked up that role. Cindy, what movie you waiting on? Wait on Tenet, girl. Come on. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last week. <laughs> was the 10th anniversary of uh, Inception. And with that, there was a special theatrical preview giving away some, you know, minor details of the movie, basically about John David Washington's role in it, how it's not about time travel per se, but time inversion, and how a lot of the scenes were shot both backwards and forwards to emulate that time inversion effect. And as we said before, Nolan isn't really a CG person. Majority of the movie does use practical effects. So that's good. That's good to know. Um, uh, along with that, um, some London theaters have already released tickets for it. The U.S. release date for that movie is September 3rd. While it appears the release date for the movie in London will be August... Let me see if I can pull the date real quick. Um, my notes. August... August 28th. So, yeah. So they're getting it in like two weeks' time. Um. So, yeah. So hopefully in that time span, you know pirates and seas and stuff like that <laughs> and all that note about american theater is apparently amc is trying to get people back in um around august 20th on their theaters are reopening and their plan for one day is to make tickets 
15 cents. So for the price of 15 cents, you can pay for a $10 popcorn and might catch COVID-19, but you know, mm-hmm. good luck to those people. I'm going. I, I wouldn't <laughs> do it. I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, I <laughs> I know you will be there. I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be eating the popcorn. Don't worry. I won't be touching anyone or anything. Uh, it would be like this. That they haven't cleaned in 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, movie theaters are messy, so, you know. But that's it for the news from me. Um. Yeah. Um. Also, if you are a fan of Rob Pattinson or Tom Holland or... Um, all the other people who were in this film, um, <laughs> The Devil All the Time, that trailer was released on Netflix, and the movie will be dropping on Netflix next month. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Don't know what that. it's really about, but I will be watching it. Um, <laughs> you know happening? Oh, yeah. And I've heard, don't know if it's confirmed, but some people are whispering about the new title of the next Spider-Man movie. They're saying it's called Spider-Man Homesick. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've been spotting on the interwebs is that they're talking about this, which would be um, interesting. I don't love the title. Kind of wish they would drop the home home thing. Well, something different, but we don't we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, and hopefully, when Tenant does hit movie theaters. The Dune trailer will be released during that viewing or during those viewings because Timothy Chalamet said the trailer is dropping before September. So can't wait for that. Uh, that's all I wanted to say about those items. But yeah. I got I to gotta pour one out for all my anime people. Oh. Um, Kiss anime is no more. No. So I don't know. I don't know where you're going to, you know, watch anime for free. But yeah. It's a big deal for people who watch anime because Kiss Anime had a, a large library. And even though it was illegal, they also were in a few sites where you could watch a lot of older anime from the early 90s and 80s, unlike Crunchyroll and all those other things, which don't really have a back catalog. So, but you know how the internet works. There'll be another one soon, as usual. But, yeah. Alright. So, what have we been watching over the past week? So, just to link the story of um, planes, trains, and automobiles and Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey being that he acted with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and trains, and uh, trains, planes, and automobile with Will Smith, I saw Men in Black, the original, starring none other than Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. It was a classic. It took me back to my childhood. I'm like, oh, man, I missed so much stuff, man. And boy, Will Smith was looking young. He he had that baby face, man. He looked so good back in the day. Like, so good. <laughs> I won't comment, but yes, he did look good. He looked good. He looked good. Did he look good? Though? I feel like back then, every guy had that 
that horrible looking mustache that he had, you like anyone had it, he had it. My cousin rocked that ugly mustache as well. Looking back, I was like, yo, like, my guy. I was like, my guy, that mustache, that waves, everybody trying to have that mustache waves combo. But whatever. You know it was the 90s. They liked mustaches there. Okay. The haters are going to hate Will. Don't you worry. Mm. Mm. I got a joke, but that's me and I won't go there. But hey. That goes on. Um, I watched. Speaking of, you brought up uh, your boy, um, Tom Holland. I recently watched uh, the Three Musketeers movie um, starring um, Logan Lerman. It came out like a couple years ago. It wasn't that good. I'm getting there. Don't worry about it. This is how my thought works. Um, so I was watching it. I was like, "Yo, I forgot Logan Lerman could actually act." Because like the last thing everybody really saw him in was um, perfect being not perfect Jackson, but Wallflower. Perfect being a Wallflower, yeah, yeah. So and I was like, "Yo, I forgot he can actually act." What? what why is me and stuff? And then over the weekend, there, there somebody made this fan poster of Ben Ten. I don't know if you ever watched it. And you know, typical Marvel fanboy thing. Everybody was like, "Oh." You know, Tom Holland, he's amazing. You should do this. And I'm like, yo, y'all forgot my man Logan Lerman can act. Y'all, y'all sat there and watched Percy Jackson, loved it, and y'all knew it wasn't accurate to the book, but y'all didn't care because y'all loved it. Now Logan can't act. Y'all some faded fakers, dog. Every time y'all got a new toy, y'all throw the old one away. That's what Toy Story is about. Y'all is hateful, man. So <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's the new um white boy of the month every not even of the month, of like a couple of like a year. The week, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Give Logan Lerman a chance, okay? We gave so, him a chance. Isn't his time up? Like, isn't that the point? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! No more rules. He got replaced by Tom Holland. Tom but Holland and Tom are like battling for the like number one spot now. Like the Logan Lerman Renaissance. I'm on it. I got you, Logan. I'm gonna get your name out there. Don't worry. Put your name out there. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, was that it? That was it for me, yeah. You didn't watch anything? Oh, I did. I was just, I just, I know if you were going to talk about I watched a few things this week. Um, I've been, I'm in like, well, it's not really a mood. This is what we should all be on, but very politically driven this last year. So mm-hmm. I watched a couple of documentaries. Um, I watched one called On the Trail, which is about some uh, reporters for CNN. Yeah, some women reporters who went on the trail for like the, during the Democratic primaries. I watched After Truth, which is about fake news and how it's really like how it's damaged people's lives, like news that people have created online that have led people to actually like commit crimes and stuff because they just don't know the real information, which was very interesting. Yeah. And I also watched Kill Chain, which is about um, hackers and how they hacked into our um, last election and how they can do it again. Ooh. It was pretty intense, but very informative. And I would encourage everyone to go see those docs because they were very, I feel like with this upcoming election, it's good to know all the information that you can about what's going on and still make the choice to vote because it's that important. But 
Um, my other love, hip-hop, which is <laughs> very newly found, but I'm very much into it, first of all. Um, Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. What? Insane. Anyways, um, it's old, what? but it's so good. It's so good. Are you kidding me? I need to stay current, girl. Come on now. It doesn't matter. I'm read. I'm discovering it for the, for the first time, for real, for real. So I'm going to be on the old stuff for a bit. The newer stuff is kind of mid, right? To me right now, the new stuff is mid. The old stuff is where it's at. Anyway, and because if you have listened for the past, for the past few podcasts, you know, love Kate Cuddy. Hey, Kid Cuddy is in Westworld. Well, he's in season three of Westworld. So I was watching some of the episodes of Westworld. And it's a very good show. And I didn't, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be into it. But, like, it's very, it's very good and well done. And so if y'all want to watch Westworld, I would recommend it. Because it's dope. It's a little confusing. But I jumped in on season three and I still kind of knew what was going on. So I feel like if I could figure that joint out, you guys can figure that joint out too. If you want to, like, start there. Or if you want just want to start from season one. You know, it's up to you. Yeah, <laughs> I might need to pull Game of Thrones with that one if it's that good. Start from season one. I would not recommend. Okay, well, uh, here's here's the thing. I when I first watched Game of Thrones, I started at season four, and when I tell you, I did not know a single thing that was going on. It was so confusing. I was like, "What? Who are these people? Why do I care about them?" I had no context for anything, so I had to start at season one. I feel like if you watch like a review video of Westworld, you can pretty much like catch up to what's going on when you watch season three. Because I knew what was was going on. Like I I knew about all the past people. I knew that some of these people weren't actual people. They were AIs and all of that stuff. So I was just like, all right, but like I get it. It's not the same. It's not not the same. same. I'm not saying that you should do it. I'm just saying I I just wanted to watch Big Cuddy in the joint. I wasn't trying to actually (laughs) care about anyone else. (laughs) What was going on? Like, I wasn't. Yeah, I can respect that. I was just like, let me see what scenes he's in and I will watch those. And he's very good in that. He looks great too. Anyway. Yeah. That's right. I am I am anti spoiler review before the and it's funny you used to get on me about that with Game of Thrones. I knew everything that was going on, but I didn't watch the show. But now you're this big supporter. You were going to watch it and you never did. See, I never yeah. said I was going to watch Westworld. I just figured this joint <laughs> up like yesterday. I didn't I didn't realize that he was on the show, so I watched mm. it because I was like I'm seeing this and because I got HBO. So yeah, but if you say that you're going to watch the show, just watch it. Like, it's not that difficult to get into once you're into it. I just feel like you're not putting in the effort to actually watch the show. Ain't no point watching me watching Game of Thrones anymore. It's done. It's dead. It's, it's, I don't need to watch it anymore. There is a point. You know, you got to go through the roller coasters, man. And no, I don't. Because clearly, even if the ending is bad, that's four great seasons of television. So I'm not, I, I don't want to go on a roller coaster. And I know the last fifth of the ride is just a flat, straight thing. I'm not, not I'm not doing true. that. Not, those other seasons weren't that bad. The only reason that they're not good is if you like, if you really understand the books and what they were trying to set up. If you don't know any of that stuff, you're not going to care what happens at the end. You know what I'm saying? Because like you, it, it won't matter. 
I mean, it'll, it'll kind of matter if you're following the show, but still, like, it won't impact you as deeply as if you, like, read the books and understood the, like, history behind it. That's why most people are upset. Most people are upset because they're like, yo, why did you, this has nothing to do with what you were setting up. But here's the thing. If I watch it, and I already know that last season is ass, everything, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait how to see the story revolves, and I go, oh, yeah. The last season was ass. There's nothing for me to look forward to as I watch at all. And the last so, season. Let me tell you something. If you actually go back to watch the last season, you're gonna be like, you know, this wasn't that bad. That's what I found when I when I was rewatching the joint. I was like, first of all, the cinematography is amazing. Everyone was doing their best acting in that last season. That last season, everybody gave it. Every single person. Out there. They were putting their. That's. That's why people are upset. People are mad because everyone who was involved in the production of it cared so much about that joint, except for the writers. They were the only ones who were like, we don't care, we're out. Right. But everyone else did their job perfectly. So I'm, what I'm saying is like, even if you don't, even if it's not going to pan out the way you, you know it's not, you know it won't, it's still good. Compared to most of the shows that you're watching, probably still one of the best shows out there. Like... <laughs> I'm still defend the joint because it that was a good series. Like they put their foot in that mess. I'm sorry, Dale. I'm with Cindy. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jermaine. Yeah, I mean, there are Thank some. You. I feel like it was as far as just ending the characters that was rushed. But if you don't go like, if you don't think too deep about it, it really wasn't a bad ending. It kind of closed up everything. It just wasn't spectacular like the rest of the show. And that's the big issue. Okay. I'll, I'll, you're I'll, not going to watch it anyway. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to watch it anyway. I'm not going to watch it. Look, I'm just now watching The Wire, so hey. Oh, my dad loves The Wire. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that is what we have for you guys today. Um... What are we encouraging the people? What do you want to tell the people? Um, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Wash your mask. Do you have breathe? Um, mm-hmm. um, fill out your ballot so you can vote. I don't know if, if you're trying to vote in mail or I mean, I mean like that. I'm not sure about that. I, I would do your research before you do that. But um, but make sure you vote. <laughs> so there's a lot going on right now. Um, what you want to be for sure, for sure, put on your mask, your gloves, get in line and go to the actual polling uh, station. Yeah. If you if you scared of what's going on, if once like if you have to vote by mail, you know you don't have to actually mail your ballot. You could take it to your county clerk's office. Yeah. Um, reach out to those older people in your community who are voting, like in your churches. Like collect those ballots, you know, distribute them to your church, whatever, and collect those ballots and drop them off for your older people in your your church, your congregation. Um, once you know early voting has started in your area, and you know you're gonna have person election day, your job is let you take days off or whatever. Once early voting starts, just hey, I'm taking a day off. You go vote, and you don't gotta worry about it. I know a lot, a lot of people tend to wait for November third, and we have we seen with these these primaries already a lot of the polling places are overcrowded and overstressed you know not many things are open right now because of 
the pandemic and who did the person were trying to change they didn't you know do their proper job so take advantage of the fact that you know ain't not much to do just go early vote you that way you can avoid those lines because like i said a while ago a lot of polling places are closed so and, and i know but now people don't want to you know be close-knit to each other with the pandemic but yeah but go early vote so yeah and really do your research about people's platforms because you know you just want to stay informed you don't read stuff on facebook or on twitter and so like just, like actually do your own homework exactly you know what's going on and not you know be swayed by other people and their opinions or big companies kind of like sub like you know do some sneaky stuff trying to like force information to you that's what i went from most black pictures because it's not it's not just a presidential election there are plenty of county and local elections that do affect your life yeah. just mm-hmm. as if not more importantly than the person who's in the white house yeah. so and look yeah and if so. we're going to the movies like i will be going to the movies um make sure, <laughs> you know be safe out there um don't go to the club <laughs> stay home like the weekend and it's stressed me out so much like please take care of yourself if not for yourself for your families and for the people who you live with and you live around like even if you're gonna like going to the clubs is extreme like if you're gonna hang out your friends hang out your friends where like i went to my friend's house and i still wore a mask i mean still protect yourself don't play games no so Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we saw everybody partying at uh, University of North Georgia, saying, "Hey, we're gonna catch it eventually." But at the same time, <laughs> the like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I saw. I saw all y'all at the club. And I, I saw <laughs> online. I wasn't there, but yeah. That's why we get banned by other countries. I don't want you to know that, but we can banned. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will speak to you next week. And be safe. Have a great life. Tell the ones you love that you love them. And, uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs>